first time I ever saw Graham Halliday compete was in High Rocks, Manchester. I was filming the start of the pro men's race and a guy in pink shoes flew past me, way ahead of anyone else. I assume he'd done the classic High Rocks rookie move and come out way too hot, then would quickly drop off. However, Graham continued to lead the race and took a comfortable first place finish. Asking around, I was told that Graham had finished the previous Manchester race about a year ago in 1 hour 10 minutes, so I was immediately interested in how he'd managed such a solid improvement in a little under a year. Even more impressively, Graham followed up his win in Manchester with sub-60 performances at Glasgow and Hanover, and then another at the High Rocks World Championships to take 5th place in that race overall. In this episode of The Hybrid Experiment, I finally catch up with Graham and have the opportunity to ask him not only how he improved his high rocks time so dramatically, but how other athletes can use his methods of analysing the high rocks split and come up with a personalised training plan to cut their own times. Okay, so I'm here with Graham Halliday from Elation Fitness Training who's just proven himself as the fifth best high rocks athlete in the world after the world championships. Um, how are you doing, Graham? How's the recovery and how's the off season? It's good. It's going well, actually. This kind of off season is a bit different for me because I'm focused on running as opposed to strength training. Mm-hmm. Unlike other seasons where it's just been strength in the off season, whereas this season's just running. Still strength yep. in there, but focused on running. Awesome. So so we've got you on. It's quite a big topic. So the topic I originally had was improvement, which is just obviously huge because <laughs> everybody can improve in many ways. <laughs> but what I kind of specifically wanted to ask you about is how somebody can look at their results in High Rocks and begin to break that down and look at how they improve their time next time round. And obviously you're a great case study on this because um do you know what your first ever high rocks time was it was 109 something 109 i think it was yeah yeah and and so within about just over a year and what's your fastest now like in the 57s is that right 57 35 is the fastest in hanover yeah yeah so it's like you know like a 12 minute improvement and it's a 12 minute improvement when you were already at a very high level is just massive. And so I, I, what I'd like to get out of this interview is if somebody with a time of 110, somewhere around there, so like over that, can find out this is how we break down our results and this is how we can make improvements. It might not be 12 minutes, but um, if they can start to have an idea of how to do it, that'd be great. So I guess just to get us started off, if somebody comes to you now and says okay I've just done a high rocks um I want to get a better time how would you recommend they start looking at their results and breaking them down to improve next time around so for me what I do is right I look at um the runs like every individual run and I'll look at it and I'll go like well they on par with each other so from like your first run to your last run give or take because some courses are maybe like three and a half laps to start and then two and a half laps after that. So you just disregard the three and a half laps and you just go from the two and a half laps onwards and see how your runs look. And then that would kind of give you an indication of how if you're, you're actual lacking fitness or if you're lacking maybe running under fatigue. So if you know you're a good runner, but your runs have actually, you know you can run 8Ks every kilometre under four minutes, right? But then you've went to high rocks and every kilometre is then 
well over four minutes, then that's telling you that your fitness is there because you've done it, you've done it, and on track or whatever you've ran your eight k before. Um, but that's telling you that you're struggling to work under fatigue. So you maybe need to start adding like incorporating sessions under fatigue. But for me personally, um, I kind of just had to improve everything as a whole. Like my fitness just wasn't what it had to be. So um, running was obviously a massive part, but under fatigue, under fatigue was a massive part for my training as well. Um, but once you've got your running, once you sorry, once you've looked at your running, then you can actually look at your splits of your rock zone times, and then you can break it down even further. So if you get to like, let's say you're after the ski, you ran like a four fifteen, then after the prowler, you're a five thirty, and then you're back to a four fifteen. Mm-hmm. That goes to tell me that you're actually struggling at struggling, sorry, after the prowler. So you need to focus, mm-hmm. maybe have a bit more, maybe have like six percent of prowler and running sort of uh, style of conditioning your and your training. But as a whole, if you're at a one ten, like you 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 definitely need to improve fitness. If you're a forty minute ten K runner, I think you've got the potential to sub sixty minutes, at least sixty two minutes on your high rocks. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So, so one. So you said you're focusing on your running at the moment. Is that what kind mm-hmm. of time? Do you know what time your ten k is? My ten k like is a good level, but at the elite level, it's probably I'm probably like the slowest ten k runner there. I'm thirty six fifty mm-hmm. for a ten k, which is actually like a good yeah. level for running. But when you look at the other guys and they're saying thirty three minutes, thirty four minutes, like that's mm-hmm. that's fast especially for the size and the weights that they can move. Because I guess for you, for sure, because I've seen your Instagram posts of your squats and things, and just comparing that to what, uh, like, Rock's Life has posted in the past from surveys, I guess your strength is probably one of the highest, if not, you know, the highest up there. So, so yeah, I guess it, for you, mm-hmm. it makes sense to, to work on your mm-hmm. running. If somebody, so once people have, they've realized that, okay, I need to work on my running or I need to work on my stations, how do they go about setting a realistic goal? Because obviously for me, uh, my 10k is about 42 minutes somewhere around there so it wouldn't be if i mm-hmm. was to say okay i want to get a 36 um 36 <clears throat> minute 10k in a month's time is impossible so mm-hmm. how do people go about setting those like realistic goals so what i done was um like give yourself time like mine was over the course of the entire year that's how i broke it then i went like the f- this uh, first three months i'm going to focus on like strength and endurance. So it was like, that was the main focus, just main lifts, some rocks work, and then kind of mostly endurance runs with some track work. So you're still keeping some form of speed in there. And then the next three months, which for me is going to be like, I'll still keep in um, endurance workouts, like endurance runs I'm talking about here. So, but rather than two, two of them a week, I'm going to break that down to one and I'm going to start focusing more on speed. So the closer you get to competition, you want to try and make sure you're moving fast and you're powerful and you're strong enough. So at the start of the season, like the focus should be probably depends on the athlete. Um, depends on the actual athlete, but like if you've got like somebody like me, I like to keep a good level of strength. So I would focus on still keeping my strength at bay, if not try and get it better, as well as trying to focus on getting my lung capacity a lot better for these over the last three months. Oh, well, since sorry, since uh, the world's um, for three months and then the next two months I'm going to focus on more speed and like faster movements mm-hmm. just so you're getting so hopefully it will have a transfer over when I go into actual competition mode that's the plan so you've mm-hmm. built your endurance you've built your lungs your base and now you're transferring it into like 
speed. And when it gets to like six to eight weeks out, no, sorry, eight to 10 weeks out, I'll merge them together and it should have a good like transfer of like the competition race day. Yeah. So you can definitely tell that you've got like a lot of um, experience coaching and I know you went to co- you went to college or university as well, right? To, to mm-hmm. study college um, uh-huh. and gym training. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, so that's awesome. So you can obviously tell you're putting that to good use on yourself. Um, <laughs> So I've, I wanted some actionable examples. You've kind of given one on running, but I'll I'll push you to to go a little deeper on it if that's okay. So if someone comes to you and says that they want to take about ten seconds to twenty seconds off each run in their high rocks, which is obviously a pretty considerable amount, what would you? What kind of programming would you give to them? So you're probably still looking speed. I'd say speed would be more the focus. Um, if it's only like ten seconds. Like you can incorporate, like, say you have three running sessions. One could be like speed endurance, so like it'd be like longer over the total of the distance, but it could be like shorter bouts, so maybe like eight k's. And the next one might be like three k's worth of speed intervals. And then the next run could be like long, longer intervals, but you can then incorporate some speed as well. So what I like to do, like, see when you've got zone two, you know yourself, and um, because you're doing the plan, but zone two, um, so. On a Saturday, you'll go, you'll do your long run, and then you incorporate like three kilometers where you'll go fast. But you can pick whenever you want to go fast in those kilometers. So then that's getting your body yeah, used yeah. to like moving. You're building endurance still, and then you're you're teaching your body to move fast. Mm-hmm. So so that's a that's a funny workout. So <laughs> Graham's talking about a workout that's so it's a sixty to ninety minute long run, and then at any point during that, you can pick three kilometers worth of um one kilometer speed intervals and it messes with your head because you're you're running <laughs> and you think like shall i do one i'm feeling a little tired but should i do one now and get it out of the way <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then go back to running slow or should i just and then or you can just put them off like towards the end and then once you get to the end you're like oh no i've got to do like three kilometers now so actually i thought that was quite i thought that was a really fun way of breaking up a long run because you're constantly mm-hmm. you're not even thinking about the long run you're thinking about these um hard intervals you got to do so so yeah that was actually that was um that's a really good fun workout so next one so we've covered running if somebody wants to improve their time on the ergs which i know is a specialty of yours i think you were second fastest time on the road for example what would you what kind of um rowing intervals or rowing progressions would you give to somebody looking to improve on the ergs so let's say it's somebody who's got a two minute average pace of a thousand meters on the on the rower and on the skier right so i would really focus on intervals like you could have a day where you go intervals and you have a longer day i think that's quite important to have like the blender ball for them so you're working on endurance and you're working on speed but if you want to break it down Let's say you're aiming to get a 150 pace, that's your target. So you could go, say, 40. Say, roughly, you're going to start your program. You start off eight sets on the ski erg. You're going to be 250 meters worth of distance. Um, so your goal would be to hold a 150 pace. It's like quarter of the distance, right? So if you're holding a two-minute pace, realistically, you should be able to hold like a 150 pace for 250 meters. Yeah. If you hold a, if you hold a, um, two, a two-minute pace for 1,000 meters, that is. So you're roughly only taking 10 seconds off your time for a quarter of the distance, um, 250 metres. So you go like your eight sets of that. And then for the first week, let's say you take 90 seconds rest, 
and then as you go on to the second week, keep that in, same session, but then you reduce your, uh, your rest time to 60 seconds. But let's say you can only make four of this, those sets for the 60 seconds rest, then you can go through the next four sets, I'll go back to 90 seconds. And that's still like a form of progression. Like in then week three, you'd be able to get maybe five or six of those sets and like holding the 150 pace for the 250 meters over the eight sets. Then eventually you've built up to holding eight sets with a 150 pace at 250 meters. And then eventually you will be able to, that will have a transfer over again to actually holding that pace throughout. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you Do you find that the ergs and the runner uh, complement each other quite well or do you find it very important to work separately on each of them it depends on it depends on the person but i like i like the blender both actually but it really just depends mm. on the individual and where their starting point is yeah. like because if you've got a thin athlete they might be good on the runs if that's what you mean they might be like good at running but like weaker on the ergs so they might need to spend some some more time on like the ergs whereas if you've got somebody yep. who's kind of in between, I'm good at running and during high rocks, and I'm stronger on the ergs. Then the blend is always good. Mm. So, so we've covered the ergs now. So, if people, so we'll cover the stations. So, we've got the the wobbles and the lunges are quite uh, are the ones that fill most people with dread. So, if <laughs> if somebody comes to you and says that they really just struggle with wobbles and lunges, like that's where they lose all their time. Like most of their runs are consistent um they're finishing again like we'll say one hour 10 minutes what kind of strategies do you give people to train those wobbles and lunges um so again it can depend on the individual right so if you're let's say you're a weaker athlete and you're actually struggling to reach the target so you could then maybe focus on strengthening up your shoulders strengthening up your legs so like barbell thrusters dumbbell thrusters but at a lower rep range you could work on that for a set amount of weeks um but you can always i like the merge to be fair right so i like the merge it so you could go Day one, I'm going to keep it rather than ball balls. I'm going to change it to heavy thrusters. Day three, you have that DRS from the ball balls. Um, you go, right, I'm going to go more muscular endurance for the ball balls. So you pick like a six or a nine kilo. I'd always try and aim to train heavier, um, mm -hmm. like especially when you're in training because you're never going to that full capacity and training roughly um, as like you would when you're in high rocks. But I would say... If you're like a weaker athlete, get yourself stronger first and then start to focus on more muscle endurance as you get closer. And sorry, get yourself stronger first and then have a blend of muscle endurance within that. And then as you get closer, you can start to focus more on speed and stuff like that with the world worlds as well. But if you're a stronger athlete and you're struggling, so it's quite funny, right? Because I've got two athletes that I'm training right now, right? You and Dixon and Johnny Gray. Uh, one's just new, Johnny's just new. He's like a bigger guy, he's 90 kilos, right? But his running's really, really good. Um, but his wall balls were like, his wall balls were, I think they were seven minutes, 30 seconds, right? And he's in Glasgow. Um, so he was seven minutes, 30 seconds. And funnily enough, June Dixon's first ever event was in Valencia, I'm sure. And his wall balls were like 7.33. So they've given me, June's managed to get his down to four minutes, four minutes, 30-ish, I'm sure it is. But Johnny's yet to go and do another high rocks event. But they've got different focuses. So Johnny has to focus more on like his is actual mobility. So he was getting no reps on like no like no no able to hit depth. So we are actually just focused on mobility, making sure like he can actually get low enough for the wobbles to count. But he's hitting the target with these. 
Whereas, so if you're focused on muscular endurance, he doesn't need any more strength. He's strong enough. He can toss it up like with ease. So his focus is muscular endurance and Ewan's focus was like heavy barbell thrusters and kind of like, so it'd be like five heavy, five to 10 heavy barbell thrusters and then into like a moderate set of wall balls, 15 to 20 reps. And that's like a good recycle yep, yep. to start off with. Awesome. Ah, so that's really interesting. Thank you for that. And um, yourself, mm-hmm. you you touched on it just then, but one thing I, I found really um, interested in watching your um, Instagram and clearly one of the reasons you're as elite as you are is you, you're you almost always using heavier wall balls and heavier kettlebells and things like that, right? When you're, do, when you're mm-hmm. doing workouts. Every session. Yeah, yeah. When was the last time you touched a nine kilo wall ball? Um, never. Never. I don't think I've ever trained with a nine kilo. I use it's either um I I usually just use a fourteen kilos. Fourteen kilo wall ball. Yeah. Sometimes like if I'm like, if I'm not hitting like it depends on the workout, but like if I'm going for like maybe fifty reps and it's like sets upon sets of that, like three three to five sets, then I'll maybe use like a like a ten kilo. So we only have like sixes, sevens, nines and then fourteens. Oh sorry, tens and then fourteens. So we don't have nines. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, so that it's cool. I I just thought that was something really interesting and something that people might want to think about. Maybe um, not everyone's elite uh, level, such as yourself, mm-hmm. but it might be something. If if people are finding that they're you know they're doing wobbles and they're getting good at them, then one way rather than just doing more, you can increase the weight on that. So that's definitely a a good tactic, I think. So yeah, the the one thing I wanted to ask you about as well is you've just been talking about a few examples of people, but is do you? Does anyone at your gym or people you've been training come to mind where you've seen a really big improvement in them? I was hoping to inspire some listeners. Well, most people at our gym, like, um, so my girlfriend, Hannah, she went from like a 128 to a one, I think she was like a 113 or a 114 the last event, which is massive. That's like over 15 minutes roughly in time. And then yeah, Ewan yeah. Dixon, he's trained. Um, with us for quite a while now. He's um he went from like a one he's similar to me one oh nine to a one oh one. And wow, yeah. He travelled to Hanover Hanover together there and that's where he got his one oh one. Um and then there was Kevin, he's a PT at our gym as well. He's he went from a one twenty six to a one oh seven, which is massive. Yeah. For him. Yeah. I think that is one thing just to for people to really keep in mind is that that there are maybe not everyone's improvement will be as massive as the guys at your gym but people do improve right like it's if you put in the work and like you do your training's clearly very intelligent and you clearly like statistically done and i think that's mm-hmm. that looks like the key like if you if you can get the right training in you you will improve and i think that's the awesome thing about high rocks that's it's such a um science based sport almost you know like you can you can break it down you can train correctly and you will get better so I love hear I love yeah. hearing about people's improvements because it always inspires me. Uh, same. Then ne- then so the next question I've got for you really is about how you yourself improved. You went from a just almost a one ten down to fifty seven uh, in the fifty seven minutes. So what was it that you yourself like? Can you talk us through the process from when you did your first race? Did you decide then like I'm gonna be good at this sport and how you began that process of getting to where you are and how how difficult it's been uh-huh. so when i did my first race um a boy called max baggio he was actually in my heat 
Um, I, I don't know if you've heard of him. It's from Match on Gym. Um, London, I'm sure. Right, and they're, they're quite big and they're well-known. So I was like, um, so I'd done the race and I think I was like 50 seconds off him and everybody looks at him like he's an athlete. The boy's an athlete. You look at him, you can just tell he's an athlete. Um, so that kind of motivated me um, to then go, I could actually probably go quite far in this sport. But I went and trained, like I don't know if you know this, I went and trained like kind of more CrossFit style for a while. And I didn't really run as much and I came back and I went to London and I ended up with a worse time. I think I got like a one twelve. And then after that, that gave me a slice of humble pie. So I thought, right, I need to focus on I need to focus on my runs. So I just went back and actually just focused on running. Um it was mostly running under fatigue that I focused on because I just wanted to run a fast K, do something, get fatigue, run a fast K. Um and I done one long run, one long sorry one long run a week and then this time round I'm kind of going for two long runs I've got about five or six running sessions as opposed to three so I'm hoping to kind of bring it up through that again but it was mostly running I just but mm-hmm. before that sorry before that I did actually have a focus on like an upper body lower body upper body lower body um but I've, as I was doing more high rocks um, races I was realizing like that probably wasn't the best split so I started adapting to like full bodies like every day and I just noticed my times just went and got better really like massively yep. as soon yep. as I started focusing on full bodies it kind of like made it like high rocks focus so like on the Monday you know it's like pure strength focus and as we get closer it'll be like strength and more speed as opposed to strength and hypertrophy right now and then yep. uh, Tuesday you've got your rock session and then you've got your run and it kind of Goes on like that, you've got your partner workout because you're always getting different stimulus every single workout, but over the course of weeks, it's like the same, so you can progress in it. One thing that I found really interesting with your training is that you you still you said about doing too much CrossFit, but you actually still have quite a lot of movements that people look at and go, Well, that's CrossFit. So you still have a lot of cleans, you still have a lot of snatches, um, muscle ups mm-hmm. make an appearance from time to time. Uh-huh. Um, so w- why do you think <laughs> why do you think it's important to keep those in? Like, see, if you're like me, you like to have a bit of fun with your training as well. Like every session, when you look at the program, you go, right, that's it's tough. So you need to like incorporate something that you actually enjoy. Whereas if you're like, I enjoy the training as a whole, but sometimes you're just killing yourself. It's good to try new things, like feel like handstands and muscle ups and stuff like that. It's good to practice them just for something different. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not going to be a crossfitter, for me, it's just I enjoy it. I, d- I do as well like I, I really miss it if I'm not doing muscle ups and things like I really I, mi- I like handstand push-ups stuff like that like handstand walking like mm-hmm. those things are just fun right like yeah if if, yeah. if you can't do those you don't have party tricks to do anymore either so <laughs> it's good to have them <laughs> so, so sorry I pulled you I pulled you away if you were just um, talking about your running so you basically went from not doing much running when you're doing CrossFit to running a lot like what's what's your volume been like over the past two years like what have you experimented with and what have you found works what was too much what was too little I find it anywhere between like 40 I know it's a big number here right between like 40 and maybe like 70k is quite Mm. enough like quite like a good a good number and plus for the everyday person, like you can get forty Ks in a week. Like for your training. If you want to do, if you want to be good in high rocks, you can get forty kilometers in per week. It's four ten Ks really. Yep. And you can it doesn't need to be split up mm-hmm. like that. It wouldn't be split up like that, but um roughly I'll I'll run 
I'll say it right now. I'll probably be running close to eighty plus. I'd say I'll need to look at it because this is only my second week. Do you find do you find the running takes away if you tip it over? It takes away from your other stations. So I'm guessing that you're balancing that with your other with your other stations. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think like for the prowler for the prowler push and pull, it can take a bit away from that. See if you end up losing like too much weight because usually I sit between like like comfortably eighty five to ninety kilos. But recently, mm-hmm. I've been closer to like sub eighty-five kilos. Like obviously, mass moves mass. So if you're mm-hmm. like if you're eighty-five plus, you're going to move the prowlers a lot easier, or you should, um, yep. compared to somebody who's a bit lighter. But I, I notice a bit of a difference if my running's too high in volume when I go back to the prowlers. Like it just feels heavier when you're in competition if you've been running too much. So same with the skier. So I notice like. If I'm running too much, like distance, I notice like I don't get enough power on the ski. Like I did, mm. like I lost a bit of power. That's what I felt like before the worlds. I lost a bit of power, even because I was trying to focus on running there as well. I end up placing tenth overall in my runs. But um, mm. I think the like, if you did, if you go for too much running close to race time, then I you can lose a bit of power, and that's something you don't want to lose. And I just want to touch on that as well. Like, so you see a lot of like pages that will post like the workouts and they're good and stuff like that, but it's a lot of endurance. Whereas nobody actually says like, you actually need to have a good bit of a level of strength, a good bit of speed and a good bit of like power. And they transfer over and they make you like a better athlete. And that's what I believe anyway. If you're fast, you're strong, and then you actually get fitter, you probably get a better chance than somebody who's just a good runner. Much better mm-hmm. chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like you say as well, like the mass is important. Like if if you look at all the world records in the like the ski erg, for example, is um Eddie Hall's brother, isn't it, who holds it, who's just a massive guy, so <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, yeah, the size the size has got and strength has got to be, you know, a big part of it. So um I've asked you mostly about the the physical stuff that you've gone through and how important it is to be physically strong and fast. I just wanted to ask you a bit about the the mental sides of um, achieving your fitness goals. So, I don't do you is mindset something you think much about, spend much time on? I'd say it's probably one of the biggest things. Like for every athlete, for every competitor, like that should be your main thing because I know like firsthand that I've I've got people that I coach and I know they're fitter. Um, but they've done high rocks, right? They've done high rocks, and I know they can get better times than that. And I know when I'm looking at them when they're performing through high rocks, I just know their heads kind of went at something. Like we spoke just before this about you and the prowler pool, was it? At Rotterdam, yeah, and just yep. your head went. Yeah. So like as a main game, especially high rocks, like when you get to the end of high rocks and you go, I've got hundred ball balls, and you've got the judge there, and you're you're going one, two, three, <laughs> just counting like that's a that's a main game. Um, but as a whole, like you've got to be like headstrong because, like, when you need to train that hard, like, sorry, when you think when you look at the other guys and you've not got anybody in that kind of level running about you, you you have to go in by yourself and kind of find like your inner self and go right. This is what I need to go for because that's what these guys are going for. So like here, like there's nobody else in Scotland that's in the elite fifteen. So I'm in my own, my own head, and I'm going like I need to go hard, like and my constant in my head just thinking like that's what I need to do. But at the same time, you don't want that to be 
detrimental to your training either because like if you're the sort of person that just always wants to train sort of thing like and you're not taking rest days if you're not recovering enough like if your brain's just constantly like, you need to do it you need to do it if you're not getting re- enough recovery then you're gonna it's gonna make a, neg- a negative impact to your training as well if you get me mm-hmm. yeah because i think that's one of the problems with I mean, Hyrox is pretty bad for it, but CrossFit is even worse where there's so much stuff and you want to get better at every single thing. Like you want to get better at snatches, cleans, deadlifts, squat, hands down for shots, muscle, like all this stuff that it's so easy just to never take a rest day. And I think that Hyrox, Hyrox is very similar in that you can trick yourself into being like, oh, just go for another easy run. And you, and you, you're just (laughs) training every single day and never getting a rest. So one thing I noticed with your programming is that you program two rest days for people, which, and actually mm-hmm. with your programming, I think, I think people need it as well. <laughs> so do you yourself take, yeah, yeah. Do you yourself take two, two rest days? Every Thursday, every yeah. Sunday, every yeah. Thursday, every Sunday. Yeah. And then we will deload as well. So I'll always incorporate a deload, but um, people who are on the app and stuff like that, I'll put up like if you're not ready to deload, then you can push on with these sessions or whatever. But I think every four to five weeks, you should probably deload. Just depends yeah. on the person yeah. and how intense your training as well. So if you've got some days no training that hard, then there's a point in deloading. Yeah, yeah. And so so going back to the mindset, do you is that something that came quite naturally? Like you seem quite a chilled out guy. You seem like someone who it would be quite hard to stress out. Um, do you, is the mindset side of racing something that's come quite naturally to you like you're not naturally a nervous person or is it something that you have had to work on um i don't know it's even like this is what i spoke about uh another podcast i was like when i'm outside of high rocks like the event i end up like more nervous then and then see when i actually get in to this like in the center or on the start line look at my heart rate and it's actually lower so I just I think it does come quite naturally that I just I just kind of zone in, or zone out, whatever way you want to look at it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I guess it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's a funny thing, right? Because I think before I know you've done bodybuilding competitions before, but you didn't have like you didn't have the same kind of like running background that many people have or anything. Did you have um? Did, do you have any like sports experience that exposed you to kind of pressure or anything or? No, nah, not really, to be honest. This is probably the first. <laughs> so over the last three years, I've started kind of competing. Different mm. things. Saying that, though, bodybuilding's pretty, um, like, it's pretty nerve-wracking, I imagine, right? Going on going on stage in just, like, your boxer shorts and stuff and posing. <laughs> so... <laughs> uh, it can be. That was short-lived. Yeah, yeah. The Elation Fitness that you run, how important has it been to have like this group of people around you that are really interested in high ups? Cause I guess, ha- sorry, just before I get into that, how long is, how long has Elation Fitness been running for now? Um, well, the gym's, are, gym's been open for four years. Um, Elation Fitness has been running for nine, eight to nine years, roughly. And how long have you been coaching there? I've been coaching for 10 years, 10 years. 10 years. So, so I guess the high rock stuff in the context of the gym is actually quite new. So what's it what's it been like 
switching over to like all these members seeing you do high rocks and then have they been keen to follow you have some of them been keen to keep doing what you were doing like what was it you were doing before high rocks became the main focus so it was kind of like a, a bit of functional it was like crossfit functional bodybuilding you can kind of call it um mm-hmm. but it was never like long distance stuff it was like short sharp stuff so it's probably closer to crossfit than anything else um but the transfer over has been pretty good because like i think we've had over 60 people competing in high rocks now and it's just a good buzz even as a competition or a race coming up for high rocks everybody's just dead excited so it's just a good switch and it was the right move that's that's awesome and so yeah that was the thing i was going to ask you really is the i think um how much has it helped to have like this community and kind of group of athletes training alongside you like do you do sessions with other people and and has it helped you to have that environment so every morning um me hannah michael and dom this this is pts at the gym right and we all train together every morning and then every so often like matt or kev will jump in but um matt follows his own plan um but we still kind of train, we all bounce off each other sort of thing. So it's good to have that environment where everybody's just pushing to be better. And I think you need that mm-hmm. because like, even though if you're the best there, then what we do is like, we'll split up and maybe like, if let somebody go first and then you'll be the one trying to catch them. Do you know what I mean? So if it's like a 400 meter run, <laughs> yeah. let's say, somebody will get like 50, 50 meter head start. But at the same time, like in the gym, I'm not the best at everything. Like I'm actually slower or a short distance so it's always like a joke in the gym and um, like over a like, 200 meter distance like people will beat me most most of the pts in the gym will beat me over 200 meters <laughs> but over like a k then i'll run fast yeah yeah so, so they'll, they'll just come. film it film it and say beating graham again Instagram, i'm sure a couple of months ago no sorry yeah, it was yeah. last year it was last year last summer <laughs> I would I'd definitely be the person doing that. <laughs> so uh so yeah I get <laughs> I guess um just to just to finish us off if if somebody um is watching this and they just want to be better at high rocks they they really are committed to this sport what would be the advice that you'd give them to improve over the next 6 months year 2 years like what's what would you say is the key to getting better at this sport? Um, just look at where you need to improve firstly is it like do you need to have a carryover of strength or do you need to focus on running do you need to focus on under fatigue do you need to focus on just bettering your lung capacity and um, figure out what you need to actually focus on it doesn't need to be one thing there can be many things there like because you can always get better on every single station in high rocks but what i would say is just be very consistent um be smart with your training like recovery is a massive deal for me um, and I've only really probably took recovery serious over the last two years, but I'd say take your recovery very serious, like your nutrition, your water. Like I like going for saunas four times a week minimum, um, cold showers, stuff like that. Stretch, try and be more mobile. The older you get, the more you're going to feel it. Like I'm only 29, but like I have realised over the last two years, recovery is probably the biggest, biggest thing um, to actually getting better. Like for Valencia last year, I'll just give you a quick example right before we go. Valencia last year, yep. um, I got a 102.54, I think. And I was training like 15 times, 16 times a week. Um, for hours, like over an hour almost every single session. Um, 
And then I actually reduced that, moving into Glasgow and Manchester, and that's where I took like 10 minutes off my time. Uh, sorry, uh, four minutes off my time. So I reduced my sessions and focused more on recovery, and I actually got a better thing. So that would be one of the main points, focus on recovery. Make sure you're training hard enough. Um, like don't just miss a day because you feel like missing a day. Just consistency, recovery, and just stick with it. That's That's my biggest tip. Yeah, I think that's that's really interesting. I think one thing that Hunter McIntyre was saying on one of his, I think it was on his podcast, might be on one of his YouTube videos the other week that made me think was that to get your body to adapt, you need to, like when it comes to like strength and power, you need to like, really push it to like a really, really high level. And he was saying that if you're not recovering, you're kind of only allowing yourself to push to like 90%. And so you can't reach that level that your body will want to adapt to. And so that definitely opened my eyes a little. So I never really thought that. I'm definitely the kind of person who will cut, will train too often. Like I, I just want to train all the time. Mm-hmm. Like even today, so today's rest day, I'm like, maybe there's something I could do to get better. But like you say, like <laughs> actually your body needs the recovery. So um, I do I do think that's a really valuable tip. And it's one that um, I think there's, there's two types of people. Right? Some people who find it really, really hard not to train. And then there's some people who find it really hard to train and, most people in this space, like CrossFit or High Rocks, are the people who find it um, hard not to train, but sometimes we have to. <laughs> so, okay. so, yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, bef- before I let you go, um, I'd just like to say you, you've you opened up uh, Elation Fitness to the wider High Rocks community. So now if people are interested, they can pretty much follow what you're doing. I was wondering if you could just tell listeners a bit about it, how they what, what it is you're actually doing, um, how they can get involved, and how to find more information about you in the gym. Uh, so at the gym, what we offer is group coaching only and classes. So group coaching or classes even. So you can come to the gym um, and you get your two group sessions per week and access to unlimited classes. Or you can just join a class only membership, which will give you access to obviously unlimited classes. And another way you can get in contact is if you don't stay in Scott Glasgow, is you can join us online, which we offer High Rocks Prep. And that's basically you'll have two sessions, Elite High Rocks, which doesn't have to be for elite people, just for people who have more time to train, um, say 90 minutes per session roughly. And we have uh, Everyday High Rocks as well, and that runs six days a week for people who can train six days. And that's basically for people who want to improve their High Rocks times and try and get a PB. That's what yep. we focus on. Yep. You can join us. You just contact me. Um, you can go on my Instagram page. It's Elation Fitness Training. Um, if you go on the link in my bio, um, you'll see High Rocks Prep. Fill out the form, and then you'll be in touch from there. Easy as that. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for coming on. I hope that people watch this, and um, we'll all be getting fifty-seven minute times within the next year, just like you. <laughs> so, Hopefully. See ya. <laughs> Cheers. Um, thank you. For- Thank you very much. I'll put all your details in the description as well. Thank you, mate. Cheers.